Hey. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Chip and Eric reading through the Bible. Yeah. It's our passion that you read the Bible. Yeah. And apply it to your life. That's why we do this. Yep. And we're so proud of you for doing this. And I'm kind of selfish with it, too. I really like doing this. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I think we have to like it. We're pretty committed to it. You don't have to like reading out loud with somebody. Yeah. But I like reading out loud with you. Like, yeah. I like it. Yeah. And talking I mean, about it's it. Good. I think it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I so mean, we're pretty much all in. I mean, I, I am glad that other people are getting something from it, but I'm very yeah. selfishly, I would, right. yeah, yeah. I'll it's, probably end up tricking good. you next year when you refuse to do it. And oh. I'll just pretend like oh, we're yeah. doing it. You could do my voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, anyway. Oh, you could do a Jack Vermillion. You yeah, do, I could. do a great Jack Vermillion I voice. I could do the Jack You're really Vermillion good. voice. I could. Read the Bible with Eric I and Jack. Could. That's right. <laughs> That's right, Chip. Yeah. <laughs> One yes. of our... Most famous. Oh, gee. He's got to be. He is incredible. I, yeah. He's, Unreal. He is the most loving person. When he, he started coming to our church, I, t- I told this story. Um, not really a story, but the love quotient in our church just went through the roof. Uh-huh. Just his love for each other, for God, for and everybody. There's two people at church that Micah talks about seeing mm. every week. Mm. He wants to see Josh Pugh. Big shout out. Oh, Happy yeah. birthday, Josh. All right, JP. And Jack Vermillion. Oh. By name. Yeah. Is Jack Vermillion going to be there? Yeah. He loves him. I, I don't doubt it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's just incredible. How could you not? So if you see Jack right. Vermillion sometime soon, maybe yeah. at the YMCA. Oh, yeah. Give him a little handshake, a high five. Yep. And, uh, yeah, show Jack some love and tell him happy birthday. Yes. I don't know what, what his birthday is, but do it anyway. Okay. Well, then the people of Israel oh. traveled. This is Numbers chapter 22. Okay. Then the people of Israel traveled to the plains of Moab and camped east of the Jordan River across from Jericho. Balak, son of Zippor, the Moabite king, had seen everything the Israelites did to the Amorites. And when the people of Moab saw how many Israelites there were, they were terrified. The king of Moab said to the elders of Midian, This mob will devour everything in sight like an ox devours grass in the field. So Balak, we all know what that's like. You sure? Oh, man, I hate it when the oxen just wander into my yard. I get that, yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. So Balak, king of Moab, sent messengers to call Balaam, son of Beor, who was living in his native land of Pethor, near the Euphrates River. His message said, look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt. They cover the face of the earth and are threatening me. Please come and curse these people for me because they're too powerful for me. Then perhaps I will be able to conquer them and drive them from the land. I know that blessings fall on any people you bless and curses fall on any people you curse. Balak's messengers, who were elders of Moab and Midian, set out with money to pay Balaam and to place a curse upon Israel. They went to Balaam and delivered Balak's message to him. Stay here overnight, Balaam said. In the morning, I will tell you what the Lord directs me to say. So the officials from Moab stayed there with Balaam. That night, God came to Balaam and asked him, Who are these men visiting you? Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent me this message. Look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt, and they cover the face of the earth. Come and curse these people for me. Then perhaps I will be able to stand up to them and drive them from the land. But God told Balaam, Do not go with them. You are not to curse these people, for they have been blessed. The next morning, Balaam got up and told Balak's officials, Go on home. The Lord will not let me go with you. So the Moabite officials returned to King Balak and reported, Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak tried again. 
This time he sent a larger number of even more distinguished officials than those he had sent the first time. They went to Balaam and delivered this message to him. This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. Please don't let anything stop you from coming to help me. I will pay you very well and do whatever you tell me. Just come and curse these people for me. But Balaam responded to Balak's messengers, Even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I'd be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord my God. But stay here one more night. And I will see if the Lord has anything else to say to me. That night God came to Balaam and told him, Since these men have come for you, get up and go with them, but do only what I tell you to do. So the next morning Balaam got up. He soured his donkey, started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going, so he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at the place where the road narrowed between the two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crush Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved further down the road and stood in place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, it laid down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. <laughs> wow, what have I done to you to deserve your beating me three times? It asked Balaam. You've made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. <laughs> if a sword with me, I would kill you. But I am the same donkey you've ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. Why did you beat your donkey those three times? The angel of the Lord demanded. Look, I've come to block your way because you stubbornly are resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. The ba then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord, I've sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you're against my going. But the angel of the Lord told Balaam, Go with these men, but say only what I tell you to say. So Balaam went on with Balak's officials. When King Balak heard that Balaam was on the way, he went out to meet him at, at a Moabite town on the Arnon River at the farthest border of his land. Didn't I send you an urgent invitation? Why didn't you come right away? Balak asked Balaam. Didn't you believe me when I said I would reward you richly? Balaam replied, Look, now I have come, but I have no power to say whatever I want. I will speak only the message that God puts in my mouth. Then Balaam accompanied Balak to Kiriath Huzoth, where the king sacrificed cattle and sheep. He sent portions of the meat to Balaam and the officials who were with him. The next morning, Balak took Balaam up to Bamoth Baal. From there, he could see some of the people of Israel spread out below him. Then Balaam said to King Balak, Build me seven altars here and prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for me to sacrifice. Balak followed his instructions, and the two of them sacrificed a young bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stand here by your burnt offerings, and I will go see if the Lord will respond to me. Then I will tell you whatever he reveals to me. So Balaam went alone to the top of the bare hill, and God met him there. Balaam said to him, I've prepared seven altars and have sacrificed a young bull and ram on each altar. The Lord gave Balaam a message for King Balak. He said, Go back and... Go back to Balak and give him my message. So Balaam returned and found the king standing beside the burnt offerings with the officials of Moab. This was the message Balaam delivered. 
Balak summoned me to come from Aram. The king of Moab brought me from the eastern hills. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come and announce Israel's doom. But how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I condemn those whom the Lord has not condemned? I see them from the cliff tops. I watch them from the hills. I see a people who live by themselves set apart from other nations. Who can count Jacob's descendants as numerous as dust? Who can count even a fourth of Israel's people? Let me die like the righteous. Let my life end like theirs. Then King Balak demanded, demanded of Balaam, What have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies. Instead, you've blessed them. Hmm. But Balaam replied, I will speak only the message that the Lord puts in my mouth. The King Balaam told him, Come with me to another place. Then you'll see another part of the nation of Israel, but not all of them. Curse at least that many. So Balak told, took Balaam to the plateau of Zophim on Pigzah Peak. He built seven altars there and offered a young bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to the king, Stand here by your burnt offerings while I go over there to meet the Lord. And the Lord met Balaam and gave him a message. Then he said, Go back to Balak and give him my message. So Balaam returned and found the king standing beside his burnt offering with all the officials of Moab. What did the Lord say? Balak asked eagerly. This was the message Balaam delivered. Rise up, Balak, and listen. Hear me, son of Zippor. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I received a command to bless. God has blessed and I cannot reverse it. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. No trouble is in store for Israel. For the Lord their God is with them. He has proclaimed their king. God brought them out of Egypt for he is strong as a wild ox. No curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel. For now it will be said of Jacob, what wonders God has done for Israel. These people will rise up like a lioness like a majestic lion rousing itself. They refused to rest until they faced, feasted on prey, drinking the blood of the slaughter. Then Balak said to Balaam, Fine, but if you won't curse them, at least don't bless them. But Balak replied to Balak, Didn't I tell you that I can only do what the Lord tells me? Then King Balak said to Balaam, Come, I will take you to one more place. Perhaps it will please God to let you curse them from there. So Balak took Balaam to the top of Mount Peor, overlooking the wasteland. Balaam again told Balak, Build me seven altars, prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for me to sacrifice. So Balak did as Balaam ordered and offered a young bull and ram on each altar. By now, Balaam realized that the Lord was determined to bless Israel, so he did not resort to divination as before. Instead, he turned and looked out toward the wilderness where he saw the people of Israel camped, tribe by tribe. Then the Spirit of God came upon him, and this is the message he delivered. This is the message of Balaam, son of Beor, the message of the man whose eyes see clearly, the message of one who hears the words of God, who sees a vision from the Almighty who bows down with eyes wide open. How beautiful are your tents, O Jacob! How lovely are your homes, O Israel! They spread before me like palm groves, like gardens by the riverside. They are like tall trees planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the water. Water will flow from their buckets. Their offspring will have all they need. Their king will be greater than Agag. Their kingdom will be exalted. God brought them out of Egypt. For them he is as strong and wild as an ox. He devours all the nations that oppose him, breaking their bones into pieces, shooting them with arrows. Like a lion, Israel crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to arouse her? Blessed is everyone who blesses you, O Israel, and cursed is everyone who curses you. 
King Balak flew into a rage against Balaam. He angrily clapped his hands and shouted, I called you to curse my enemies. Instead, you've blessed them three times. Now get out of here. Go back home. I promise to reward you richly, but the Lord has kept you from your reward. Balaam told Balak, don't you remember what I told your messengers? I said, even if Balak were to give me this palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord. I told you that I could say only what the Lord says. Now I'm returning to my own people. But first, let me tell you what the Israelites will do to your people in the future. This is the message Balaam delivered. This is the message of Balaam, son of Beor, the message of the man whose eyes see clearly, the message of one who hears the words of God, who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who bows down with eyes wide open. I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob, a scepter will emerge from Israel. It will crush the heads of Moab's people, crackling the skulls, cracking the skulls of the people of Sheth. Edom will be taken over, and Seir, its enemy, will be conquered, while Israel marches on in triumph. The ruler will rise in Jacob, who will destroy the survivors of Ur. Then Balaam looked over toward the people of Amalek and delivered this message. Amalek was the greatest of nations, but its destiny is destruction. Then he looked over towards the Kenites and delivered this message. Your home is secure. Your nest is set in the rocks, but the Kenites will be destroyed when Assyria takes you captive. Balaam concluded his message by saying, Alas, who can survive unless God has willed it? Ships will come from the coast of Cyprus. They will oppress Assyria and afflict, afflict Eber, but they too will be utterly destroyed. Then Balaam left, returned home, and Balak also went on his way. All right. Mm-hmm. And so reading today. Yes. Not approved by PETA. The people for the ethical treatment of animals. No. 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 They did not approve it. Good on that donkey not just kicking this dude. Mm. Shoulda. Don't mess with the donkey. Yeah. Don't mess with the donkey. All right, so two questions here. What's this telling us about God? What's this telling us about us? And how can I resist eating another one of these figs? We're going to answer that question? Yeah. That's the a answer tough is, one. The answer is <laughs> I cannot. Okay. Wow, what's this tell us about God? Um, I'll say it this way. Uh, there's probably a better way. You could probably say it better. But this is all through here. I'll say it this way. You can't curse God's people and get away with it, especially when, when he wants to bless them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't curse God's people and get away with it, especially when he wants to bless them. I think that's the message that's pretty prominent here. Yeah. So what's it say about us? Well, I think one thing that it says is no matter what evil people try to pull, they never will be able to curse us. Hmm. And, you know, Jesus says that the world will hate us for loving him and not to despair because they hated him first. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there are people who suffer a lot of curses in their life because of their love of Jesus, you know? And it's not always like the curse, like, oh, I hope you are barren and your children die. Like, not those curses, although there are definitely those kinds of people. Sure. You know, sometimes those curses are, yeah, I'm not going to promote you. Yeah, I'm not going to hire you. Yeah, I don't want to be friends with you. I don't want to hang out with you. You know, um, I don't want my kids to be friends with your kids. You know, like, those are the curses that we see today. And... You know, those people can make those decisions, but the reality is that darkness can't extinguish the light. And 
Um, so as much as people will hope for bad things for you, the reality is God has great things for you and the blessing mm. will come anyway. Um, yeah, so I think that that's, no matter how hard people try, no matter how hard dark people try, um, evil people try, they can't, we can't be cursed more than we're blessed mm-hmm. by, by God. Yeah. So how do we live? Well, I think we let God devour all the nations that oppose him. Mm-hmm. So practically today, we just let God take care of that, uh, and we give it over to him, mm-hmm. and we let him handle it. I mean, we handle it, and it's probably going to be done in anger. Um, I know, I think it's important, I've been really trying to work, not just recently, but the last few years, just identifying, like, I hate to be triggered, mm. you know, until I get to a place where I do bad, Right. Um, I, but I, I'm, I am... A lot, and I try, I've been trying to be aware of my triggers. Or what are those? And so, you know, um, and I think it's one could be when um, people you know try to curse you and try to say bad about you and want ill will of you. That can set me off, and, and maybe not me, but my family. I was about to say, or, or, I know or, your trigger is the people that you, you know, are friends. charged with yeah. caring for. Yeah, that just happened recently. And I just had to walk yeah. out. I had to walk out of the sanctuary because I knew I was gonna, I was gonna lose it. And so I've been trying to work through that, and just give it to the Lord. Know my triggers, mm-hmm. um, and 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 just, uh, I guess I you know practice peace, you know, in my, in my spirit, just a peaceful spirit there, um, instead of just losing it. So. That's kind of what I, I think that's I take away from very it. true. Yeah. yeah, I think being aware of your triggers and avoiding them uh, and giving them to God, I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. And just remember that no matter what anyone says or does to you in this life, it cannot take away what's been done for you in the next. You know, like, I mean, you look at the early church, they were losing their lives and they were willing to do it. Because they understood that, and, and Jesus says it, and he uses the negative, like, don't worry about people who can take away your life. Worry about people who can take, the one, the one, not uh, people, uh, the one yeah. who can take away your soul. But in the positive, you know, you turn that to the positive verbiage. It's, you know, don't worry about those people because God's already given you so much more, you know. And mm-hmm. so I just think we can let go of those things. And we see that here. There's a picture of that here. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I... Got to believe that some of you out there need to let go of some of the people that are holding on to you and and you're just letting them do it. You just got to kind of, and you're holding on to them. You got to let go and, yeah. and move ahead and move forward to let God handle it. And he will in his time. I, I believe that. If God can use a guy like Balaam to bless the Israelites, mm-hmm. then truly we can be blessed by anyone. I mean, Balaam was not a good guy. I know this story is kind of hard to figure out, um, Balaam's not a good dude, and uh, we see that confirmed by Jesus in the New Testament. And um, so if God can bless through him, he can bless through mm-hmm. anyone, and he wants to, and he will, and he has. Yeah. So, you know, people say, don't be a donkey, Chip, but I think do be a donkey. Okay. Wow, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, just be a donkey. That's what I'll say. Trick! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway. Okay. You guys. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day today. And uh, way to go. Yeah. Also, I just thought of this. Sorry. Oh, yeah. If you stop somebody from sinning, yeah. 
you're their donkey. If you can make people aware mm. of of God's presence yeah. and the direction that he's trying to move them, you are a donkey. So I would encourage everyone listening, just be a donkey. Be a donkey today. Be a donkey today, yeah. tomorrow, yeah. every day for the rest of your life. Be a donkey. Be just a donkey. Just hee-haw. <laughs> hee-haw. <laughs> hee-haw all the way to righteousness. That's right. We're going to do a whole sermon series <laughs> on this. Be a donkey. Be a donkey. Hee-haw. Wow, we could have a lot of fun with that. We can get in trouble with that too, actually. I don't understand. Hee-haw. I'll explain it to you off the air. Hee-haw.